Good morning. This is a Free Speech Show, and with you, as always, Stephen Keeter, and with us uh, in studio is Jay Westerville. Good morning, Jay. Good morning, Stephen. How are you? Doing good. Very good. I th- see that the rain is uh, over, I think, or at least we have a pause in between, and I'm a uh, beautiful sunny morning. I uh, whipped up, as usual, uh, my, uh, you know, uh, Saturday papers, and uh, reading through, I came through this editorial, which I think I would like to discuss this uh, today on the program. So uh, we are referring to November 13 issue of Warwick Advertiser, an editorial by one James Morley titled uh, Save Pulpit Rock. Naturally, everything that has to, to do with this property spikes my interest, especially in this one provided context. And um, I certainly, you know, uh, is interested who the, this person is and know what is he saving, what is he preaching, who is his audience. And I would like... Uh, to talk about this a little bit this morning. So without further ado, let's turn to page 12 of uh, Warwick Advertiser. I brought you an issue so you can uh, chime in on the subject. Sure. Of uh, November 13. Oh, I will chime. (laughs) (laughs) And to this opus, so to speak, I think uh, you have in the studio two most qualified individuals to answer any kind of claim or questions that's related to this project since we're both uh, working on it. Yeah. I was uh, present at the events that were described in this uh, editorial letter. So, like I said, without further ado, let's turn to to it. And here we have the Safe Pulpit Rock by one James Morley. James Morley. <clears throat> Very interesting. Well, we're going to try to show you how skin deep the knowledge of the subject by this individual is, or his effort uh, of preservation. So, th- let's start with the title. I would like to do it uh, paragraph by paragraph, uh, sentence by sentence, maybe word by word. Sure. And uh, let's see, so safe pulpit rock. I'm not quite sure what uh, Mr. Morley... Uh, yeah, what do you mean by save it? I mean, you have a project coming up, building a, a beautiful boutique hotel, quite a, a distance away from the rock itself on the site. It's going to be beautiful. And, and uh, I thought that was actually, that was I, I was doing. I was preserving it. And yeah. it was long stated that uh, the purpose of the project was to preserve this property for public use. Yeah, and the public will have access under your plan, if I'm not mistaken. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there you go. I, so I, I just don't get this. This, this <clears throat> person seems to take this... Uh, approach that you're doing something to not quote unquote save it as if you're going to destroy the rock or deface it or maybe carve a rodan out of it <laughs> what's going on uh, absolutely not so like i said uh, was uh, i long stated that we trying to preserve the uh, rock uh, to complete the project for the benefit of the community and uh, it's once again this uh, th- this letter is uh, is full of uh, those mis uh, you know non factual information you mean lies put- well. Yeah, it's full of lies. Let's, I mean, to be honest, before I'd ever heard of you, Stephen, before I heard of this project in a Facebook group that I actually admin, a few people had reached, as I've said, you know, ad nauseum, a few people had reached out to me saying, hey, Jay, please go take a look at the Pulpit Rock site. Save Pulpit Rock. Some guy wants to, you know, flatten it out and put condos in there or something. Anyway, this James Morley guy had been commenting on it. He's a professor of clinical psychology at Ramapo College. He makes that uh, abundantly clear in his Facebook profile and his posts. And he started going off about, uh, well, you know what? It's here in the letter. Why don't you let us know more? Absolutely. So uh, anyway, so the uh, the title, uh, the piece is titled Safe Pulpit Rock. And I'm not quite sure. The first question that I have is who is the audience that he's addressing to and how exactly does he propose because none of it here he doesn't actually propose 
any of those things. And let's, uh, so the first, uh, this is how it opens up. Until recently, Pulpit Rock, on its small nine-acre field, had only three owners, the Damarist, Pelton, and Pennings families. Well, while in this sentence, I think the chain of custody uh, is correct, I think the statement that uh, the Pulpit Rock only sits on nine acres is totally incorrect. It is part of a much larger parcel. It has been subdivided by a recent owner, not me. And carved out of that uh, were two lots. One is, uh, I believe, is 24 acres uh, big and was sold to Origin Rockland in 2009 for some of uh, short of $1.9 million. $1.9 million for how big a parcel? 24 acres. Wow. So that, and uh, so Pulpit Rock uh, currently sits currently on nine acre lots. But gotcha. But not in anywhere past history when uh, Mr. Morley referring to chain of uh, custody by then owners, which and, were Demarest, Pelton, and Pennings. And by the way, when you're one of these uh, families uh, who had ownership, who sold it, uh, you're taking your stewardship seriously when you sell to a utility company, of course, and subdivide <laughs> well, for that, that purpose. That is the second uh, sentence of uh, this opus, so they took this to stewardship seriously. Under the protection of these three historic farming families, it remained completely intact well, uh, that, that's uh, arguable to a degree. Yeah. Uh, and because, once again, it has been subdivided in numerous lots. The uh, rock, as we know it today, is crumbled, but there's, I think there's forces of nature working on it. It's not. Yeah, it's yeah. Not. It's, so intact and unspoiled, and they, uh, and they gave residents and visitors full access to it. Uh, we don't have any evidence of those. So if Mr. Morley does have that, uh, private property is a cornerstone of uh, foundation of what this country is built on. So uh, yeah. maybe back in those days, people do not, did not trespass, uh, lied about uh, each other's intentions, sure, sure. Uh, flew drones and stuff like that. <laughs> so when she sold the property, Johanna Panning made sure to put in a deed restrictions to permanently prevent Pulpit Rock from being removed or moved. Kind of the same thing to me. Oh, but are you planning to remove the rock, Stephen? Absolutely not. Are you planning to move it? No. Okay. Are you <laughs> planning to paint it any strange colors? Uh, not yet. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. All right. It was, uh, and by the way, uh, this uh, that has been agreed by both parties, and it was never, never uh, contingency to sale. Right. So there, was, there wasn't a restrictive covenant, so to speak. No. There okay. was, uh, in fact, uh, it's listed in a contract. It's listed in a uh, binder contract. In the right. binder, it says both parties agree for pulpit rock to stay put. That's a verbiage, exactly. That's right. word for word how, uh, for word how it uh, was written up. And in the contract, it says that uh, the buyer agree not to have pulpit rock, or pulpit rock not to be... Uh, removed or relocated okay That's fair enough and again. you're not doing that anyway none of it so that this doesn't speak to any preservation so yeah moving on it, it, it looks more juicy <laughs> <laughs> it was first known to be identified as pulpit rock on the 1859 map of orange and rockland county it again appeared on the 1863 firm farm map of orange county it also noted with the name pulpit rock in henry pelton's memoirs of Warwick as it was in 1805. Okay, now I've got these maps. There are a lot of place names on them, site names on them. That doesn't imply any significance. And Henry Pelton was just one of the landowners. He took it upon himself to write memoirs, as anyone can do. Memoirs aren't uh, a binding, you know, a contract or document, or they don't even have to be factual. You know, we've all read some memoirs. I don't understand how this lobby who's against you for whatever reason 
uh, they, they keep ascribing this false weight to these things. Okay, one of the guys, who, one of the farmers wrote a memoir and he mentioned the rock. Well, and, and obviously appearing on uh, all the maps, uh, that uh, more or less was a directional marker because uh, right. of its visibility than uh, anything else. And just like a large oak tree or a twin sycamore school cemetery or fairgrounds, all, right. all those items, by the way, just like I quoted them, do appear on the old maps. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't give them any, you know, sense of manitou to bring up that word. Well, but the whole piece is written, so it kind of does. It, it's right. written with the sort of convincing assurance that there's more to it than meets the eye. Right. So let's go further and say, uh, oh, I, I like this one actually. The early references with this name may suggest some knowledge. Now this is very. You now he's stepping very carefully towarding his may suggest some knowledge by the first the settlers of a spiritual importance that rock held to, to the native inhabitants who preceded them. Okay, so this is where I first engaged Mr. Morley uh, in my own Facebook group, Warwick, New York Locals. Um, he started, but back then he was much more vociferous and much more dramatic with his florid language about how this was a great uh, a, a site of great Manitou, uh, shamanism, great American Indian reverence, or as he says, Native American reverence. These people use these terms and they throw them around for their own purposes, totally spuriously, no basis in fact whatsoever, none cited here, none cited by anyone, in no historical context, no historical text, is any reverence by our Native people really ascribed to this thing. Mr. Morley went off about this and a lot of these people tend to do this. They push their own agenda by abusing the culture of our nation's first people to their benefit. Um, this, the way he words this, the early references with this name may suggest some knowledge by the first settlers of a spiritual importance. Mr. Morley, please call us, 651-1110. Please let me know which references you mean that may suggest some knowledge. And maybe after our break, he'll give a call back. Sam's Meat has been supplying restaurants and shops with the highest quality local and sustainably sourced prime and choice wholesale meat, steaks, poultry, seafood, and much more for over 20 years. Whether you're a small family butcher shop or a busy steakhouse, expect A1 service and the finest products available. Call Sam's at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off Route 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. Hi, this is John Tesh. Tune in for great music and intelligence for your life Monday through Saturday starting at 3 p.m. as we assemble the tips, the facts, and the news you need to be happier, healthier, more lovable, and more fun to be around. Radio worth listening to. Hi, it's Paul Skevich, Barry Cheney, and John Vero. Orange County legislators on the Thursday morning roundtable, 9 to 10 a.m. Answering all of your questions and concerns on WTBQ, radio worth listening to. WTBQ. All right, and we're back with the Free Speech Show, and we're talking about Save Pulpit Rock. 
Uh, Jay, I think we're halfway through the uh, this uh, this letter. <laughs> yeah, I, you know this part th- where, that you just read, and if you know for folks just tuning in or folks who may not have a copy of the Warwick Advertiser uh, from today. <sighs> This professor, Ramapo College professor of clinical psychology, James Morley, who is an incredibly whiny person on social media who sort of backbites and, you know, he's contacted my own personal friends to say, hey, this guy, you know, you've got to stop him. He's he's trying to destroy this rock. Nobody's trying to destroy it. But anyway, he wrote a letter to this paper. And one of the things he says is, this is the last one we read, the earliest references with this name, Pulpit Rock, may suggest some knowledge by the first settlers of a spiritual importance that the rock held to native inhabitants. This isn't true. Nowhere is there... A, any uh, document or, or any literature whatsoever to support the hypothesis that our Native Americans, first people, held any reverence for this rock. And personally, myself, as an actual science uh, scientist, I'm offended by this. I've also spent a good deal of my life uh, w- spending time among Native Americans and their original ancestors in Siberia studying their, their cultural history. And when I I hear these sort of modern-day European-American white people in America trying to prove their own point by talking about shamanism or uh, Manitou or Great Spirit, I just feel like they're abusing and um, sort of profiting from the almost lost culture of these native, very proud Native people. Mr. Morley, I first engaged on social media because in my own Facebook group, he started talking about how the Native people definitely had to revere this rock because of its shape or something. And what that does, if you listen more carefully, it reduces our nation's first people, and in this region, the the, the Lenape, to being these these sort of nude people walking around saying that everything is... Like savages. Exactly. Like there's some kind of savages who think that anything that... you know, isn't just a piece of wood on the ground is, you know, a sign of the great spirit controlling our world. They didn't see that. So he's that implying way. essentially that these people are very so simple, they worshipped every pebble on the ground. And it's simply not the way it is. Very complex peoples, the Lene Lenape, to this day, incredibly complex, some of the most intelligent human beings I know. And with a, with a real world view that transcends our own very, you know, rigid sort of square thing. And the, this Professor Morley, presuming he's a professor, sort of tries to put them into that square hole. But he says the early references with this name may suggest some knowledge by the settlers of a spiritual importance. Now, a lot of these people, these sort of erstwhile um you know, well-to-do hippies love to throw this around and say that there's this spiritualism. They like to tell people, ooh, I feel the, the great spirit in my bones when I'm near this rock. That's really cute to say, but there's no science to it. There's no true historical context, and there is no legal. Well, this is why it's so widely thrown around, because see, there's no way to either prove or disapprove. Somebody says that they, they feel presence of Manitou uh, in it, then... Yeah, Good it's a nebulous. Well, wonderful. Nebulous Enjoy vagaries it. are fun, but now if somebody else of another religion, you know, walks up to my truck and says, "You know what? I I feel my creator in your truck. Do not start it. Don't get in that thing. Do not put gasoline <laughs> into it." Do I stop what I'm doing and say, "Well, you know, Bob who worships the great flying spaghetti monster says my truck has Manitou." This Morley fella is the farthest thing from an academic, the farthest thing from a scientist, and he's also kind of a backbiting little baby on social well, media I think, and it comes no, it, it gets better it gets really? better if we get along right so it is uh, here's his next uh, paragraph and it is it is not the rock alone that makes it a wonder 
of nature and a place to visit, but also its views and solitary nature. Well, we know that uh, there's many uh, rocks like that uh, in a very close vicinity, especially in the West Street. Now that foliage is down, uh, I think everybody's welcome to come in, drive around, and just take a look, take a peek, and see there's really no, you know, besides from being permanently, permanent, sort of like prominently displayed in a field, there's really nothing special about it. And if it, if it weren't for the fact that we're here in the 21st century and certainly back in the 20th century where it was being farmed and things were divided by stone walls and then homes were built in, West Street was built, you'd see all of these stones together and their context is, you know, there are certainly... Similar. It would be probably similar. It's either all wooded or 30 wooded. right next all, to it. All, yep. Yeah, all wooded or all open without the stone walls and the ranch houses near it. But because of what we European settlers did in much later generations, um, now this one stands out because it's in the middle of a field and it was a little too big for those farmers to get out of the way while they were re removing all the other rocks from the field to make the stone During walls. Plowing, right. All right, so then he goes further into uh, mentioning uh, that it was used for Easter morning sunrise services by Ezra Terry Sanford in the 1920s, who climbed the rock apparently, and a Victorian-era photograph uh, photographer captured it on a st stereoscopic image, which is kind of sounds very, very special, but back in the days, that's the only way of making photographs back in the day which is now in the photo collection of New York uh, Library. Well, it was not a destination. Nowhere is there any historical record of quote-unquote pulpit rock being a destination for day trippers to Warwick. That's a fabrication. Until I see, and I've poured over everything, and I'm also from here, unlike Mr. Morley, whom, by the way, I'd never heard of, until the last year. I, I don't know who this fella is. I grew up here and went to high school here, elementary school. My family's been here for seven generations. I've never heard of this guy, but all of a sudden he's Mr. Native telling me and everyone else what our cultural heritage is. No, this is, there were never people making day trips to see this rock. Even those of us who are from here who walked past it going to and from high school, we really didn't take much note of it or care too much. Well, but this is a recent influx, from what I understand. Uh, this is the statement that he makes. Over the years, pulpit rock has become part of our shared environmental and cultural heritage. Well, I've only been here for 20 years, but once again... Only I, 20. Right, but uh, I didn't uh, know. Uh, certainly didn't go by that name, and uh, it's only gained notoriety after the transaction, after uh, us purchasing it. Now, you've been here for 20 years in, in Warwick, Stephen. Had you ever heard of Mr. Morley? No. No, same here. And when I ask anyone else who, who've been here consistently, they haven't heard of him either. But all of a sudden, this gentleman is schooling me on my own town. And I just don't quite get it. And uh, a lot of other people are asking the same question increasingly so about a lot of these new names that are popping up to oppose you. What he does claim that uh, pulpit rock has become part of our, meaning his, and I don't know, maybe he speaks for everyone uh, else, or that w certainly what it feels like, shared environmental and cultural heritage. No more, <laughs> says Mr. Morley. Yeah. Now the site is covered with do not trespass signs, and the owner patrols it daily with his two Rottweiler dogs. Wait, wait, Stephen, well, I've been to your house. I, I know your dogs. Right. Uh, well, I think <laughs> this is where I'd like to pause <laughs> and not to nitpick on the details, I, I do uh, I'm own, you know, like I have uh, pets. I uh, have uh, three, not two, certainly not Rottweilers. 
And I'm not trying to, you know, it seems like picking on a small details, but I'm sure if somebody, it's, it, it's his desire to embellish everything. It's his desire and purpose to, to you know, like he, he claims it with certain <coughs> with uh, certainty. So he said, uh, I'm patrolling daily with my two Rottweiler dogs. Stephen, that's absurd because if you as a scientist, an academic, or even an honest human being are not sure of something you don't fill in the blank from your imagination but right here you don't have rottweilers i've seen no. your three dogs and they're terriers uh, two of them are terriers and nothing like a rottweiler at all i've worked with rotties i love them i know them well your well, dog let's say he, he doesn't know how to count he can't count between distinguish between one two or three right. let's say he's not familiar with the breeds particularly but why would somebody then write Instead of just saying, well, the owner's... His dogs. Big. Here we go. His big dogs. You could say he walks with his big dogs. But instead, this man erroneously, totally in error, in fact, a lie, calls your dogs Rottweilers. Now, it may sound like we're nitpicking, but here's the point. If he does that with, with something that's so immediately quantitative on your part, you know what your dogs are. I know what your dogs are. They're not Rotties. If he lies about something like this, isn't he doing that with everything else here? He certainly does, but I think that's when his qualification as um, I think he's a professor of uh, clinical psychology, <laughs> and I think from psychology standpoint, he's building up this picture of somebody with the vicious dogs patrolling, nonetheless, as as a you know pet owner. I go to the open piece of land that I own, and where I can you know the dogs can run and I can enjoy a walk. Uh, you know, so what's what's wrong with that? You know. He grew, I presume, uh, this Morley fella, God knows where he's from. I assume he's from New Jersey. Um, he probably grew up in the same cartoons that I did. Um, Rocky Bullwinkle. There always was Boris Badenov that, you know, gave us this fear of uh, anyone from Eastern Europe and their dogs. Maybe that's where it comes from. But the point is, it's not just an embellishment. It's a lie. But let's say it's just an embellishment. Sure, you walk your dogs and, there and, one at a time or three at a time. But... You don't have Rottweilers. You don't walk your Rottweilers there. If he's going to say that about your dogs, if he's going to fill in his own blanks with his own imaginary data, he's probably doing it with everything. And, that, and that's exactly what he does. So I think we're going next to our uh, break, and we'll see you right after that. Sam's Meat Warehouse is a butcher with old-time family values. Remember back in the day when people knew their butcher by name and visiting them was a social experience? They would talk to customers about how to cook a piece of meat to perfection. Sam's combines old-world methods with modern techniques. Call your favorite butcher, Sam's, at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. Hi, this is Tom Fursey. Sing along and relive the memories of the 1980s on The Magic of the 80s. Saturday night, starting at 6 on WTBQ, playing the best music. Magic of the 80s. Hi, I'm Dave Edwards, and I invite you to join me every Sunday night when we'll showcase a perfect album. I'll start with side one, track one, and we'll play every song in order from the record. A few bonus songs, as well as some trivia, too, right here on Radio Worth Listening To. WTBQ Mostly sunny, seasonably cool this afternoon, a bit breezy at times, near 50. Mainly clear tonight, a few clouds arriving well after midnight. It will be cold into the upper 20s. 
Sunday, any morning sun gives way to clouds with showers or a period of rain by late afternoon, 50 to 55. Partly sunny, breezy and cool Monday. From the WTBQ Weather Center, I'm WeatherWorks meteorologist John Leo. WTBQ. All right, and we're back on the air. Stephen Kier here with Jay Westervelt and a free speech show. We're talking about Safe Pulpit Rock, an editorial submitted by one James Morley, uh, which is full of embellishing uh, facts and uh, misleading information. And here's another one. We just... Uh, when uh, the author of this opus could have just said, well, the dogs were on the property or the, he, he fills in the blanks, like you uh, pointed out, and he, you know, like makes stuff up. He invents it. They're Rottweilers. All right. It says also he, meaning me, has put a camera, which actually the cameras, <laughs> and, should simply, uh, and should you simply step near the land, the police are called to chase you off. Well, in fact, we did have, a, a, you know, instances where people were trespassing. We have people where... Flying drones. We'll and they stepped on the land, not near Correct. it. They stepped on the land. So and, he's, again, uh, embellishing. So we know the names of those. I believe one of those trespassers are still at large, but mm-hmm. the case is still open uh, and we're pursuing it. And we also know that uh, those drones has been used <coughs> to introduce some foreign materials. That's something that does not belong to the site. And... Uh, yes. Here we go. Uh, and Stephen, just one thing quickly. Um, I did reach out on social media and ask Mr. Morley to call in. And if anyone would like to call in, please, the number here is 651-1110. Yes. Uh, the lines are open, and we're actually looking forward to it. Uh, he, here's, uh, Mr. Morley continues. He paid only 200000 for the site and swore at the signing that he was only going to build one house on it. Oh my God! Well, the, now this is a total was Mr. Lie. Morley there at the signing? No, but the the fact that that I was, and I know a number of people that were, including lawyers, and there's none of uh, that took place. I certainly didn't uh, raise my hand. I certainly didn't make that statement. And this is just shows Mr. Morley once again. Uh, and I think he's just uh, all his statements are as as fake and phony, just as uh, the society that he represents, yes. the Greenwash Preservation Society. <laughs> And uh, I think earlier statement, he, he's referring to the price that I paid. Yeah, I did pay 200000 but I Oh, also, shame on you, man. But I also offered that very uh, plot of land uh, to be deeded for free and gifted to one of the administrators of Greenbelt Preservation Society, Tara Lambert, who also made a lie, and I said, prove it. And if you did... Uh, Here produce, you go, here's your chance. If you produce the evidence that I uh, you know, did say those words, and those were recorded... So please come up to the plate, and if the, you so, in other words, she lied. You offered her a chance to prove herself, and you said you'd give her the rock, the Correct. parcel it's on. Oh yeah, that could have ended the show for them right there. They could have had the rock for free if she could have just proven that you said what she claimed you said, which we both know was a lie. Yeah, just like Morley. So, so, I'm so shocked is, that this paper is. So is this it. one. So is this one. Apparently, Mr. Morley, it all goes by hearsay. Somebody he heard something. He, you're not sure what he heard. He filling in the blanks. He making the statement that's. Aaron, you know, it's it's a very nice way of saying it. It's, it's an outlie. It is a lie. Yeah. He's a liar. And I'm shocked that Ramapo College would employ someone like this. All right. The very next sentence, once again, I think it's a word by word, sentence by sentence. I'm still looking for the piece of truth in, in all it, this, you know. Or, or, or even a, an audience. Who's he, who's he whining to this week? How is he proposing to save? This is what I'm trying to figure I out. I don't get it. I don't see the... I guess he means, hey, Stevie, buddy, give it to me. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think that's what it comes down to. 
Uh, now he's asking for a special use permit for 120 bed. Uh, it's actually, what? I don't know, we, uh, we're not building a kibbutz or, 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 or barracks, uh, 120 bed uh, I, hotel complex. It's well, usually measured he, in a number of rooms. Uh, uh, how many rooms, Stephen? 110. 110. What's the average number of beds in a room, if you don't mind me asking? It uh, could be a queen or could be twins. So okay. it's one or two. So, but in, in no way it uh, ends up. So he sort of knows that the, the hotel application in front of planning board, but he didn't bother enough to do his homework. No, but and he just is, filled in his own blank again. That's exactly it, right. Which, again, it might sound like nitpicking. Oh, big deal. Come on, Mr. Keeter. So your hotel's going to have, you know, 170 beds, or maybe it'll only have 115. 120 might not be wrong. The point is... The man doesn't work with facts, doesn't do research. Looking at this, as you say, opus, I'm kind of curious. Presumably, he has an advanced degree. He's a professor of clinical psychology at Ramapo College right here in New Jersey. I'd like to, I'd like to see uh, you know, some, some of his work. I'd like to see his graduate thesis, frankly, and see who his peer reviewers were on his dissertation. I wonder if his own dissertation for his advanced degree is as factual as is this letter or his innumerable Facebook posts deriding you, deriding me, calling me names, calling me a stalker, calling me a bully, claiming that I have numerous uh, face, you know, Facebook ideas. This guy's a nut. So go on. So here we go. The proposed uh, buildings would wrap around pulpit rock and swimming pool. That's another lie. It's, uh, they're going to wrap? I've seen the plans. Right. It's, uh, once again, uh, every sentence of this letter, every sentence. This is what actually a bit upsetting to me, but the newspaper that uh, allows something like this. And it's uh, right above this uh, article. It says letter to editor. And it says we reserve the right to edit for punctuation libel, civility and grammar. And while, uh, you know, it could be grammatically correct, it's certainly absolutely non-factual. None of it. Not a, yeah. sing not a single word. Not a single sentence. And we just it's went... It's bizarre. You know, Bob Quinn, I know personally, the editor of this paper, Bob's a good man. He's a damn good editor. I'm, I'm a little stunned by this myself. Um, I, you know, I, I think Bob may want to circle back and take a second look at this and consider whether uh, he allows Professor, Dr., you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the scientific degree that one holds. It's just a matter of how true uh, what what you're writing and what, what you you know. And obviously, we just went once again. We went paragraph by paragraph, sentence by sentence, word for word. And I haven't yet seen a single sentence in this letter that actually built on facts or factual. No, it, it, not at all. And that's a great point. And you know what? I guess what to me is rather disturbing, Stephen, is this isn't the first time on your radio show that we've had to look at something a professor has said about your site and gone through it line by line and realize it's almost entirely embellished or a lie. Now, that's disturbing. All right, so his, uh, I think we're getting to the end of it and uh, the open views will be gone forever. Uh, that's his opinion, obviously. And there's a hardly a citizen in Warwick that would not prefer him to build the hotel in a different location. Well, uh, I think that this uh, location was specifically chosen for, for the proximity to the village, the, uh, you know, have, for its visibility, and yes, for the rock formation. Because, for the rock itself. Absolutely, because I think that should be celebrated when uh, Professor Morley appeals to save Pulpit Rock. I think it's not his to save to begin with. And secondly, I'm not trying to destroy it. And I think even if you sort of uh, the... Uh, 
take his statement that I swore, which I never did, by the way, and I want you to hear very, very clear. Oh, no, he's I a never, professor. You did. <laughs> <laughs> so and I never made that statement. Yet, would he rather see one house built there? And is that's his way of preservation? Wouldn't that mean that this uh, particular, you know, community Helm would be lost forever and uh, now belong to some behind uh, somebody's fence and belong to become once once again private property yeah and I, you know jumping back slightly in that same paragraph with the 120 bed uh arithmetic he says that the proposed buildings would wrap around pulpit rock and again anyone can see your site plan it's on a, he wants, pulpit rock it, it is yes and it is a public uh, information it is available for review in a town hall and on the it's bizarre. Pulpitrockin.com. Yeah, pulpitrockin.com. So, so is this program. If anybody misses it, so are the previous ones. Yeah, you can. In fact, you're going to be able to listen to this episode of Stephen's show and all previous episodes on www.pulpitrockin.com. You can't miss it. It says free speech right at the top. Um, jumping back to this for a minute, he also says that a swimming pool would be built at its base. Your plans, sure, they show a potential swimming pool. It's just proposed right, right there. Not at the base of the rock. He's got you sort of putting a diving board on for Fred Flintstone and Wilma to jump into the pool, and there's <laughs> nothing like that. It, it's well, not at the he, base. He, he, he left it open for his own interpretation, so to speak, sure. and he's leading the public, obviously, in the very wrong direction and uh, implying all those facts. So... Um, I don't know. Uh, with, with this, it's really kind of hard to get a serious reaction to this because uh, every sentence of this letter, every sentence of this editorial is, n is not based on facts. Well, you know, when, when he first started getting really ugly on social media and then he started, you know, everything with him is an attack in the open, but n never a discussion. And this is what we see so much with groups and people like this is they become more toxic than that thing that they presume to oppose and these guys i mean they're not preservationists there's not an actual environmentalist among them especially no not he doesn't morally. even spell out he doesn't say how exactly does he no. propose to save it it's like the person who never says anything though he never stops talking and it brings me back to to a great uh, saying that actually was coined by dostoevsky and uh, who said that uh, paper uh, and pen do not blush well it said. makes me blush just to reading this nonsense dude i have to shower after reading <laughs> this i mean this is bad you know he ends it with there is hardly a citizen in warwick that would that would not prefer him to build a hotel in a different location well first that's not true i know veritably still scores and scores of people here um everyone i know supports it and they're not just saying it to me to my face my friends aren't that kind of people if my friends disagree with me they know that as a gentleman they can disagree with me like on my show last week with professor uh professor with mayor harder from the village of florida he disagreed with very me true. on points very intelligently very academically and we moved on this isn't the kind of guy that morley is but Everyone I know in Warwick, or almost everyone, supports your hotel. And this is scores I, and scores uh, of people. I have to confirm that. Uh, I, I can't speak for everyone, but I, in uh, numerous instances where people approached me and uh, voiced their support for the project, yeah. that, that's in fact, it uh, you know, takes place almost daily. I would change what that last, that final sentence in his letter to say there's hardly a citizen in Warwick that has actually met Morley. 
I've asked people, have you ever met this guy? Do you know who he is? No one knows. Again, sort of a carpetbagger from New Jersey who came in and wants to tell us all how to live, wants to tell us what to do with our own land. Well, we're all entitled to our opinions. Sure. And I honestly believe if that, uh, if that would be a truthful you know, expression of one's opinion, I would live with that. I would accept it. I would, uh, in fact, I invited uh, Mr. Morley to call. Please, uh, if you do here, if you have obviously a strong point to convey, uh, if you're putting it all on paper, which doesn't refuse the ink, as they say, you know, yeah. please call the studio. Let us, uh, as adults, as uh, civil people, to dialogue and uh, tell us w- how exactly do you propose to save it? I made the same what, appeal. What to kind him. of danger is it in? Yeah, I, you know, what it, I guess this alleged swimming pool at the base, which is not in your plan at the base anyway, um, on social media, when this guy was. You know, I don't know if something happens to him after dinner or something, but he was just going bananas uh, talking about myself and many friends. I openly posted to him and I said, Mr. Morley, maybe we got off on the wrong foot. Sounds like we both are interested in preservation. Let's get together, bring a few of your friends if you like, whatever, and let's go for a paddle. I have plenty of kayaks. I'll take you wherever you want to go paddling. Let's go for a hike. Let's talk like gentlemen. Let's talk like preservationists. Nothing from him. Well, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm coming back to, uh, I'm coming back to, well, actually, we have uh, one more uh, break, and we'll be back with the thoughts that I have right after that. Sam's Meat has been supplying restaurants and shops with the highest quality local and sustainably sourced prime and choice wholesale meat, steaks, poultry, seafood, and much more for over 20 years. Whether you're a small family butcher shop or a busy steakhouse, expect A1 service and the finest products available. Call Sam's at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off Route 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. This is attorney Bob Kruhulik of the law firm Beatty & Kruhulik, the lawyer guy. Tune in every Tuesday at 12 noon for the latest legal advice and tips. We're taking calls and giving answers to all your legal questions. That's every Tuesday at 12 noon on radio worth listening to. Lisa Morrison, a psychic medium who reaches those who have crossed over from physical to spiritual, intuitively hears, feels, and sees information coming from the other side. Tune in every Thursday at 12 noon on radio worth listening to. WTVQ. All right, and we're back again in the studio with the free speech, and uh, we're talking about saving puppet rock today. Uh, not quite sure how and who, uh, you know, uh, Professor Morley is appealing to, but uh, we certainly know that uh, nobody done to date more work in terms of preservation and uh, or for, research for for this particular property than me, and obviously no have nobody done locally more for preservation. Uh, at large, altogether, more than uh, Jay Westerwald, who's Thanks, here with Steven. us uh, today. You know, and it, he's sort of, he's the, the spokesperson for this other group at large, it seems, the Village Green... Greenbelt Preservation yeah. Society. And they're an interesting animal because their social media presence prior to their incorporation and continuing through has been very cloak and dagger. I know people who have tried to join their little Facebook group that they say, hey, join to help us save the rock. But then there are really difficult membership stipulations. 
Uh, I believe so. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's almost like one of those secret societies. I I actually believe that they have maybe a hand in writing this uh, letter. Sure, sure. Even though it's signed by Morley, because they do have a history of uh, you know soliciting uh, names, and when they say we will write the letter, we will help. Oh yeah, I remember that their founder actually had posted in his group, "If you need help, help," quote unquote, writing letters to the editor. Let Absolutely. us know; we'll write them. Once again, the paper and. The and they do not blush. And, and I think much better. In, the, in this very newspaper, uh, this uh, uh, letter on the page number 12, on the page number 19, uh, we do have a half a page advertising. It's a paid advertising where we, obviously, we, you know, instead of uh, spreading the lies, we're talking about community. We're talking about Thanksgiving. We're offering the uh, people discounts uh, for it. We're promoting local business. We're talking about veterans. And we're asking people to support Toys for Tots program initiated by this very station, WTBQ, which has been already in its fifth year, where, uh, you know, uh, we receive donations and uh, for the military families uh, of uh, veterans and uh, the personnel stationed at the Stewart Air Base. So I think that is much better use of, uh, of paper. That is much, it serves the community purpose. This is what essentially I do versus uh, Mr. Morley. And I think, uh, you know, if... Uh, Anybody has a strong point to convey. Let's use those paper space, or, or, or let's not make it blush. Let's put it to a good use. <laughs> Dostoevsky. Stephen, uh, your guest last week was uh, Carmela Barazas, the mm -hmm. wonderful realtor. And you brought up, she wouldn't bring it up, the fact that she ran the organization that helped local businesses who were really Hutsu struggling. Hugs. Oh, no, uh, no uh, Warwick uh, Market Relief. Warwick Market Relief. And she raised something like half a million, half, dollars. Half a million dollars for struggling businesses, which the village didn't do anything at all like that. And she didn't pocket any money. She did it all for free. Now, that's real altruism. Further, if I'm not mistaken, I saw in the newspaper, you made a donation to that organization of $2,000. Just for one event. Just event. for, yeah, just for one of their events, you did yep. that. You don't run around patting yourself on the back about it. I'm, I'm mentioning it on the radio because I know about it. You did this. Um, these people who criticize you and try to paint themselves as altruistic I, I don't seem to have any Oh, it doesn't matter what you do. It, it, re it really doesn't. Uh, and I think uh, if anybody looks through a Facebook post by uh, James Morley, in, in fact, <laughs> he is holding in uh, against and he's uh, accusing me of, of anything and everything. And he said, well, but this guy, he uh, provided uh, lunch for a senior picnic. And he provided uh, funding for veterans golf outing. You did, and, yeah. And he did this, and he did that. And I don't see how is it a bad thing. How is it how is it a bad thing uh, actually to participate in community affairs and instead of spitting this poison off the pages, do something useful and do do something uh, positive. Maybe we could ask a clinical psychologist or a professor of clinical psychology, <laughs> Mr. Morley, if you're listening, please give us a call six five one 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 zero. But just like on social media, just like emails, direct phone calls, he's never returned anything. He's very good at spewing lies. Anyway, enough of that negativity. Stephen, you've been doing a lot of interesting things lately, and I love that you're involved in Toys for Tots as it is the radio station here. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, Stephen Newhouse's office, I believe there's, uh, you know, there's a number of uh, merchants who are involved. We just one of them, uh, Sam's Meat Warehouse. We went uh, a bit further instead of just accepting uh, donations. We offering ten percent discount for 
every toy uh, brought in. So sort That's of motiv- motivating people to, to give up more that's a really good idea i like that for sure and, 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 and that certificate can be used for your holiday purchases at sam's meet uh, essentially from now until the new year that's nice uh, that's really nice to hear and that's the kind of thing where you're making a real difference and you're doing something actionable you know something almost palpable in that case well that, that's just bringing project. holiday spirit and joy to the families of our country's veterans who sacrifice so much in order for all of us to enjoy the holidays with our families at home sure yeah i, I just wish there were more groups and more individuals actually doing that kind of thing. Um, how are things over at Sam's Meat Warehouse, by the way? Uh, pretty good. It's busy. It's, uh, you know, the turkey orders are coming in. Uh, there's really no shortage. People shouldn't be afraid. There's some items that, uh, let's say, more difficult to get than the others. But all in all, you know, the life continues. The, the Thanksgiving is coming in. The more... Uh, smaller sizes of Turkey are more in demand. It's not like uh, they're in shortage or anything. Sure. You know? I think the pandemic probably put sort of a dent in your fruit bat sales, I have to assume. <laughs> but Turkey's hot right now. Turkey's so. hot. <laughs> well, good. That's wonderful. And I just, I love that when I go there, I do see the toy bin filling up from right where here where I'm sitting in the studio. I'm looking at the toy bin at WTBQ. Absolutely. And if anybody's still, uh, there's still time to do it, uh, uh, all the way until Christmas, this is, we're just essentially helping Santa and WTBQ to bring uh, joy to kids and the families of our military and uh, veterans. That's wonderful. What about uh, new things going on with Pulpit Rock right now with the, uh, the well, plan? If, uh, we, uh, the property is currently listed. Uh, we do have uh, some offers coming in. Uh, you know, uh, none of that has been accepted. I don't want people to get too much excited or, or, or you know, start in, once again inventing the, the lies or, or yeah. you know. Uh, and obviously, uh, you know, we're still waiting. I believe there's a nonprofit a local organization, who Green Belt Preservation Society. I haven't heard. Uh, those are the people that were essentially, you know, throwing stones in the project from the very beginning and calling for uh, anything from donation to, to uh, public domain and, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. harassing ev- anybody and everybody for involved in the project. Well, they, they were able to accumulate over 5,000 signatures, you know, from all different places, people aren't really connected to the region. Um, and you can pay for signature groups, by the way, when you do something like a GoFundMe campaign. But they were able to get over 5,000 signatures to support preserving well, the rock. Chance. And the, one of the reasons, uh, you, you know, here's the chance. Uh, every signature represents apparently somebody who believes strongly in the cause. Uh, otherwise, why would somebody sign their name and, you know, uh, sure. pledge their support to the cause? And uh, I think, uh, you know, here's the chance for those people to step up to the plate. Uh, they always cried that they were asleep at the wheel and they never had a chance to actually buy it, which once 20 again, years on the market and, oh, gosh, somehow we missed it. Yeah. Well, it, now it's interesting because the uh, Warwick Greenbelt Preservation Society, Cougar Mellencamp, they they incorporated and they incorporated with the new york department of state they sort of went around the state education department which you'd normally do with a preservation society and the board of regents and they incorporated directly through the state in august and i now really with that incorporation they should be looking into ways to to purchase this land if they feel that strongly about it and i I really hope they are trying to do some fundraising if they have a paypal account or somewhere that we can send donations that listeners can send donations i wish they'd call into the station 651-1110 and we'll share it 
that's exactly the point that I was trying to make. They pushed me to the point when, uh, I, and I sort of agreed to it. I'm a man of my word, so I did what I was supposed to. Uh, and once again, maybe just in a, uh, giving them a chance, not leaving them in the dust, still continuing forward with the project. But uh, guys, here your chance. Here's put your money where your mouth is and, uh, in, you know, uh, step up to the plate. Uh, Let us know where to donate. Let the public know where to donate. There's a lot of listenership to this show. If anyone feels strongly about that rock and wants to kick in $10, $1,000, no, give it to them. These people are fake and phony. Uh, of course. I, I insist on it. I said it from the very beginning. And uh, once again, uh, the fact that they do not participate, they do not participate in discussion, they do not participate in a phone call, in the program, and the fact that they only post fact, making all these lies and accusations, it's, did they preserve anything to date? They've no, been in existence nothing. for a number of years now, uh, like the two at least. At, at the least two years, and they haven't even worked on another project. In fact, there was a project in Florida, New York, that both the state and some residents asked me for input on about frogs. And I suggested contact the Warwick uh, Greenbelt Preservation Society because this was on a green belt of the village of Florida, uh, which is in the town of Warwick. Perfect, right? Um, these people tried to contact them through Facebook. They received nothing back. Apparently, they only want to preserve things from which Mr. Keeter might actually uh, benefit something. I see. Well, once again, uh, we're putting up a light on it. We're uh, wrapping up today's program. I think uh, we're going to have, uh, please give us something more to talk about. Uh, <laughs> I, I, Keep the letters never, coming. Never fail to provide, uh, you know, abundance of uh, lies and uh, accusations and sort of misinformation to the public so but this is what we do here this is our job this is we're going to be dispelling those myths and those misinformation and uh, thank you again for tuning to free speech and uh, we see you next saturday absolutely thank you Steve. thank you <laughs>